0: What's going on, everybody? It's Roderick Z. Thanks for joining me for another episode. We have Rebecca. Hello. Hello. She is back. She has not been on here since our first panel discussion. Uh, We're going to talk about some of her favorite topics today, which is death. (laughs) Everybody likes talking about death. Actually, not everybody likes talking about it. Some people really hate the subject and they try and avoid it, but Personally, I, I'm sure you agree with me on this, but I think it's quite healthy to discuss death and what it is and to um, face it because it is a it is a reality. It's a fact that everybody is going to drop the body. Everybody's going to pass through this life and go beyond one day. It's, it's happened to us many times before, more than likely to happen to us many times again. So we're going to talk about death. We're going to talk about reincarnation or rebirth, depending on what you choose to call it. We're going to talk about certain mystical methods that the ancient sages and wise ones used to recognize death and to hack the code of death and go beyond that, because that is a real thing too. And that deals with uh, magic, mysticism, yoga, all those kinds of things. So sit back, relax with your favorite cup of coffee or tea or wine that foams and enjoy. So um, anyway, welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here and um i think uh you've you've lost quite another number of people in your life as i have right you've had many close people kind of like i know like um i lost my mother and several friends um as you get older you know like i'm in my 40s now so as you get older it tends to be more of like it seems like the like your awareness just kind of reminds you more and more that this is a fact i think when we're like you know 12 years old or a teenager we don't really like about that that much but as we get older it's like you know you notice that people around you are just not here anymore and it's kind of it's quite strange because i remember when i lost my mother and going back into her house you know cleaning it up and everything and she's not there it still felt like part of her was there but because she wasn't there was just kind of a strange feeling and i haven't had that before you know until i think about a year later Um, and I lost a student of mine. who was also a good friend of mine. She had passed away. And then I remember just the, there's like a, like an empty feeling that I kept feeling after that. Like this person's not here. I'm not going to be able to call or text this person anymore in this way. It's just kind of like a strange kind of feeling that they're, that they're gone. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think we get that feeling that kind of like, what is that emptiness that's that's there or that what, what, I don't even know what to call it really.
1: There's many layers to it, but it it kind of ties into some of the ideas of attachment. Um, And uh, so love is kind of has multiple different ways to look at. So, you know, love is a great thing, but there's also something that we feel when love, there's an absence of love. So they were, they were connect, we were connected to them by love and and sharing our experiences with them and knowing that, that they're not there immediately to have those material uh, moments with us. And in the physical world can be devastating, because mm. that absence is felt. So that's what, where the loss comes in, the grieving, and the the stages of grief that Kubla Ross has talked about, the psych- famous psychologist, I'm sure you're familiar with the stages of uh, grieving, I probably will say them in the wrong order, but there's like denial, anger, you know, um, and then the end, you kind of get to acceptance. Um, and, and, you know, th- those, those don't go directly in that, that, order sometimes they get kind of mixed up but it's all with us processing a loss of of a connection with that person and there's different levels to it too sometimes we feel weird when maybe acquaintance dies but it hits us harder than someone that was closer and we don't know why and maybe they were giving us that something that was connecting to us that we didn't even have awareness of even until they are gone so death is actually can be quite beautiful because it can show us just how much we're connected to somebody because when they're gone then you really can have a mirrored reflection of of that connection and also that grieving of that connection right
0: yeah yeah well said well said for sure um it makes sense about the attachment part too because you think about the more we spend time with that person the more we give energy to that person and then when they are no longer there in the physical form it's like you know that brain wiring on the physical level, but also like on a um, on a more subtle level, we we have this kind of connection, and it's just you know I guess everybody processes death differently. But what what exactly do you think, in your opinion? I have my own ideas. I'm sure the listeners and everyone else has their own ideas. But what is what is death like? What what does that actually mean? Because I know like <laughs> the general consensus of death and the materialist idea. You know this uh-huh. is a general joe schmoe who's not very spiritual who may not practice anything in particular you know they just say you know you 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 go to sleep and you don't wake up and that's pretty much it the body dissolves to the ground um i remember listening to like a a discussion panel it looked like it was from like the early 1990s on youtube with um it was like they had a Taoist on there a buddhist um they didn't have any like witches or magicians. They really should have that, that. But anyway, and they had a secular humanist. I don't remember, recall his name. And he said, so he had this like really kind of um, very dark kind of voice when he would speak. He was like, death <laughs> is we, we go to the ground and then we just die and we don't wake up lights out. And that is it. I was, I was like, damn, sounds bleak.
1: <laughs> no wonder
0: everyone's afraid of it, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, what is death? Saying that we stop. Well, yeah. see, even from a materialist point of view, they're wrong because energy can neither be created nor destroyed, right? Yeah. So, uh, and, and um, the the mechanisms of energy itself and of a uh, somatonic level is is being understood, but there's so much like dark matter and so much things in the universe that com- comprise most of the universe that we actually don't know. So I think that a lot of it is mystical guesswork. Um, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're a spiritualist, I feel like we can have access. To um, connections, uh, could, you know, I would say connections of the universe, but really above ourselves and consciousness itself, that can allow us access to information because um, we're experiencing it directly instead of um, in measurements. Instead of measurements outside of ourselves, we are being uh, um, absorbed into awareness and consciousness, mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of like experiencing reality. You know, if, if mm-hmm. this is real, then my spiritual stuff is real, too, to me. That's how I see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. There's a
0: difference yeah. of
1: opinion between the spiritualist and materialist, but it's it's just a vantage point, isn't it? It's observing mm-hmm. something outside of yourself or incorporating the whole thing, you know, into it, a totality of, of consciousness and experience. like. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's translated. No, no,
0: it makes total sense. I mean, the thing yeah. is, like another another thing I was thinking about, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine earlier today, this morning, was that, um, and a, a little bit in science, because, you know, science is changing a lot. It's changed a lot since, uh, you know, like, I was a kid, since you were a kid, too. Science, like, this <laughs> physics has changed completely. You know, it's gone from being um material to very non-material. When you look at quantum oh, yeah. mechanics, it's completely like, it's like almost all non-material based now when they measure exactly. things and like particles and the whole like um, um, quantum super superpositions and like yeah. parallel universes and stuff. It's just gets really, really, uh, really wacky now, but yeah. wacky in a good way. But Tom Campbell, I don't know if you're familiar with his work. He wrote a book called uh, "My Big Toe," toe meaning an acronym of Theory of Everything. Oh, uh, yeah. He's all over YouTube. I'm going to try and get him on a podcast. I really want to get him on a podcast. Uh, he goes on many, many different talks and podcasts and stuff, too. But um, anyway, yeah, so he talks about death at, in very computerized terms, which is really interesting. So, like, I think his his theory of everything kind of fits the mystic model. It fits um, the Buddhist model. It fits, like, it kind of fits with everything, in a sense, because... Um, to sum it up very, very briefly because I'm still trying to digest some of the things you said like death is really he describes it he compares it to like an RPG game. Yes,
1: I, of- I'm familiar. I remember that now. Yes. Yeah. yeah and I'm
0: a, I'm a gamer. I'm, a, I'm kind of a casual gamer more now than I used to but uh, I, I love games and you know that model works for me the fact that we have an avatar that's here for a certain amount of time and then like we're really just awareness Um, for my spiritual practices uh, the monad you know being like we're just like a part of this great whole having experiences that makes a lot of sense to me he just calls it something else i think he calls it like the 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 base consciousness he calls like the ios maybe someone might be familiar with tom campbell listening going no no he doesn't call it that um greater consciousness system or something like that or greater yeah he, anyway he has a name for the whole I, I
1: know i know what you're talking about yeah. yeah it's i think that's it or it's very similar to that maybe one word off but yeah totally yeah
0: yeah that's basically God. he explains
1: it very well I think he does it from yeah. uh, like you said like a computer model it can you know and that's the, the beautiful thing about it is you can talk about it in a lot of different ways because it is almost like a story that we're experiencing and you can think of it as a computer game or a movie or a book like the never-ending story is a yeah. you know a mystical way of looking at it too right <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah and like it's something that every, that every living thing experiences, but um, the way I'm looking at it more now personally is that everything is really kind of like, so like this this life that we call physical reality is not much different than a dream. The only thing that separates it from a dream is the fact that there's this uh, mechanism of memory that that is associated with it. Now, I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine, like when you go to sleep at night, you have a dream about you doing something, there is a base uh, mechanism of memory inserted in that experience. So if you have a dream that you're hang gliding in Jamaica or not, sorry, parasailing, if I say that you have a dream that you're parasailing, the sky's blue, the sun's real bright, you can feel the heat, you know, in your skin where you're in the air and every, and you feel that adrenaline rush in that dream experience, you know why you're there and you know how you got there. It's not like you disappeared there. You know what I mean? you know how you got there in the dream
1: storyline in the dream right
0: there's a con- yeah there's a storyline there's a continual like a uh, feed of information that mm-hmm. makes sense to you in that experience and then you wake up and you go well i remember you know dreaming of myself parasailing in jamaica but i don't know how the fuck i got there i don't remember buying t- plane tickets talking to my my partner or spouse on going to jamaica you know, you only remember a certain portion of that. And I think that in the grand scheme of things, once this life is over, it's kind of the same. We might be able to remember certain portions of this life. We, where, Wherever we are afterward, we may recall certain portions of our life, like the dream, but we're just in another experience. That's, that's, that's what I kind of think, at least.
1: Typically, um, and, and it's funny, not all spiritualists and past agree on um the idea of, um, of remembering and how to do it. Like, we, I know we haven't got there yet. So maybe we shouldn't get into it. But I know that I personally did a hack when I was a Tibetan Buddhist a long time ago as a monk, you know, and I walled myself up in a cave, my bones are still there somewhere. Um, and I did a hack. And that's why ever since that lifetime, I was able to remember my past lives, although they are like dreams. And some some of them I remember more than others. Some of them are literally, literally like, I think I was, you know, in Paris for a lifetime. I don't even know what gender it was, but I just remember, you know, the the, um, the atmosphere and, and the way about it. And you know, and then sometimes it's like, whoa, this, this 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 last life I had. I remember the things I told my mother, and she remembers it. You know what I mean? It got oh, wow. really weird. <laughs> like like you know what I mean? Like yeah. my mom. Tried- keep me from the memories because she doesn't want to admit that we did a witch soul pack. And I, and I banging on her door, bell chain saying, how dare you keep me from myself? <laughs> it's really weird.
0: <laughs> wow. That sounds like, that kind of sounds like the story um, that you might've heard in Vietnam of the girl in Vietnam that was like one village away from her family. So it's basically this girl in Vietnam. Uh, you can look at, you can Google it too. It's like a reincarnation past life story. And she recalls herself being, um, born in this village with a certain family and like somehow she tracked the family down and told them things that only the family knew yes that she couldn't have known and they published it in the newspaper there like it's an actual story that's that's out there I don't recall her name it's like you know we don't remember all the foreign names that come to our minds but yes
1: I have actually a killer story to insert here real quick. One of my best friends named Jessica, her other best friend, I think her name's Lee, because I don't really hang out with her, but that's her best friend, had a son. And at the age of, seriously, like six, seven years old, he tells his mom, I'm a monk. This is my monastery. I need to go back to my monastery. And she fought that. She says, no, 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 you're my son. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe that's because she believes in past lives. She's an old soul too. But she's like, no, 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 because she want to keep her son. You know, and he says, I want to go back to the monastery. He's like putting his foot down like as this little kid. Sure enough, she goes to this monastery one day because he would not let up. And all of a sudden, all the monks, he's starting to talk to him. He's saying, I'm this person. And they all are like, oh, it's you. And they're, they're like, 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 he's the homie that's returned home in a different body. And he's still there to this day as a monk. <laughs> I, wow. I remember being like, that's awesome. And, and after I heard that, I realized I'm not crazy. You know, like, you know, in the beginning of this, when I started having my awakening experience and re- remembering all my past lives, I was like, whoa, what if I'm crazy? You know, because I'm having all these experiences, but most of the materialists around me are saying, well, we love you, Rebecca, but you're a little crazy. You're a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, you know? But when I'm hearing other people experience the same thing, and having it confirmed with other people that know this person's story, it makes me feel more comfortable expressing that my reality of having these, you know, past life memory. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I, I find in my own personal life kind of um, similar, like most people around me, I feel pretty free, able, you know, like I'm able to talk about death in this way instead of just the the usual typical kind of like so-and-so died and I feel sad and that's the end of it and that's the end of them kind of deal but like um, most people in my life I can talk to about the more mystical side of it and, and it's okay but why do you think um, death has been so I mean I mean I don't want to ask the question like why are people afraid of death we I mean I think everybody kind of knows why but about you know going to like reincarnation mm-hmm. kind of segue into that why is it that and a lot of Western traditions, um, it's been kind of axed out of the Bible or taken away of our consciousness. Like, you know, most, um, Western Abrahamic traditions, like in a mainstream, I mean, not, not the Gnostic ones, not the, the, um, Western magical traditions, but in the mainstream Orthodox traditions, let's say like they don't think about, uh, reincarnation or rebirth. Like why, why do you think that is? particularly
1: well um there, there's many different reasons for that but for one of the old school reason was plague you know death carried disease and we're in a plague right now and you i mean i'm like literally quarantined my little room like get away from me and if, if you're a dead body that died of something i can catch it Ooh, and so there's um an evolutionary component to avoiding dead bodies um that probably carried a little more weight in europe with some of those bigger plagues that like killed off you know, you know, half, I don't know how much, but almost so, a big chunk of the population that the ones that survived were the scaredy cats, maybe. <laughs> I'm just joking, mm-hmm. maybe not. Um, and then now you've got Americans um, at the turn of the century uh, convincing, or, or convin- they, they had, they basically convinced the, the people, the women used to care for the dead, even, you know, in in America up to a certain point. And I forget exactly when it happened, but basically they convinced, uh, the funeral industry convinced that the, the women that the, there's diseases like that no matter what, even if they didn't die of sickness, that death itself had cooties and that if you caught it, you, you could die and you can be unhealthy and it was sick to be around the death and dying. So it went from in America, women taking care of the dead and having the dead on display to, you know what? This is dangerous for your health and we're gonna put them in a box and we're gonna take care of them. We're gonna um, um, not cremate them, but, uh, Embalm them, yes. And so that, that's how they actually sold embalming to people. They were so successful in that campaign that it changed dramatically, even the, the, the slight close relationship that they had to death, which is just that you can grieve with that dead body and the women would wash up the body and take care of it. Nope, no, no that was done away with, that was That stripped away. And that was the last little connection to death we had in this country, uh, you know, speaking from an American perspective. Um, and ever since then, especially in America, uh, you rarely ever see a dead body. You almost only see a dead body if you have like a Catholic friend, like I had. I'm like, oh, there's your uncle dead up there, crazy. That was the first time I saw a dead body. Um, or unfortunately, if violence is so high, someone gets stabbed death and you, you hold them because they're dying, which has happened to me, or you have a really weird mom who's a hospice nurse and you see it, like I did, but other than that. Uh, some Americans, uh, speaking for Americans will go like their whole lives, they'll see a dead body. And then what's going to happen when their mom or dad dies, they're going to have no awareness of what that looks like. And all of a sudden their parents are taken out of the equation. They don't get to see the body. They don't get to sit with that physical awareness of that spirit has left the cocoon shell and get to mourn and touch the cocoon shell to make it more real, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a tragedy. Um, th- luckily, there's still some cultures in, in in our area, not in the Americas, but like say in Mexico, where they have Day of the Dead celebrations. They have celebrations that connect themselves to their ancestors and remember them and honor them. And lots of traditions were um, in lots of different cultures throughout the world that will sit with their dead. In some cultures, they actually dig up their relatives and have you know lunch with them and celebrate with them, right? I don't know if you mm-hmm. hear that. but Um, I think that's actually more natural than pretending they they never even were there. Let's shred Mm -hmm. all, shred all memory of this person that meant so much to us. And let's not talk about it, right? Because it makes people uncomfortable. Well, then that means you have to sit in isolation with that pain of separation and that pain of not having love instead of getting connected to all people around you and, and, and sharing in that loss, in that real grief loss, and looking at that body and saying, wow, they're not here. Let's soak that awareness in together and process that in a deep, spiritual, profound way. No, instead, they're just left to literally cry in your, in your room alone. I even wrote a poem about that because we find out about it on Facebook now. I always find out my friends die on Facebook. That's, that's a tragedy. That's a real tragedy
0: oh yeah i mean i've i've had that experience as well a few times you know where like you log on and you're like you find out somebody's past, you're like it's just kind of kind of sits kind of weird you know it's just sort of like oh man you know but um back to the like the reincarnation part though mm-hmm. like yeah that that that's something that i i find more people are beginning to accept more i don't know why or how, oh yes but um for a hundreds of years though it was almost unheard of in the western like western cultures i think because of the orthodox traditions they they would put a lot of value on this current living life which you know i do too i'm sure you do too but like to talk about um the fact that we will be appearing again in a different form was like sacrilege for a long time and oh, yeah particularly in Christianity and Islam was also in um, Judaism is a little bit different. They don't really talk about even the afterlife in mainstream Orthodox Judaism, but Islam and uh, most Christian traditions, because there are many um, don't really, they don't really jive with that. You know, you say like rebirth or reincarnation, they're just like, well, you're talking about Buddhism or Hinduism or something like that, you know, some some sort of ism somewhere else, but not like, you know, they think that, Oh, you just live once. But, uh, I've even had people say, well, you know, can you prove that you've lived again? It's like, well, can you prove that you only live once, <laughs> <laughs> Right? you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and I get that it's kind of a, a, a scary concept, a friend of mine who is currently exploring the possibilities of that. Uh, well, he hates life. First of all, he does not like his, his life for him, unfortunately is, um, like such a challenge that it is something not to be desired by him. He's a very high anxiety, you know, stress friend of mine. The one I was dealing with on the phone right before doing this podcast. Um, He, he would ask me the question. He was, he would say like, well, why do I want to, why would I want to come back to this? Like why the hell would anybody want to want to return to this? This is like hell over and over. I was like, well, and I thought to myself for a couple of days, like that's, that's a pretty good point. You know, like there's a lot of um, things in this life that challenge us that are not desirable, you know. But I also thought of it this way well, not really. If, if you come back and you don't remember that much of your previous life, if you remember any of it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then it's not too much of a problem. <laughs> you have, you have like a whole other set of things, they're connected. But you may not have that much awareness of it, kind of like the dream uh, analogy that I gave of parasailing in Jamaica, you know, you may not have um, any recollection of how you got there, you just know that you were there. Right. Having the experience. Right.
1: Know. Well, the little joke that a lot of Buddhists and gurus kind of, to kind of joke about, the ones that know, is... Um, you are grasping for this perfection, but when you have the awareness of who you are, you stop grasping. And so you don't need to go anywhere cause you're it, you know, <laughs> that's the kind of, yeah. that's the kind of thing. and it, 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 it's, and I don't want to, and every path different. So I can't even give the way to do it. It, it. it takes the individual code, the individual soul code, your unique fingerprint and your unique experiences throughout all your lives to, um, to calculate how you're gonna to connect to yourself in that deep divine source way. Um, but um, there's a beautiful quote, I'm probably misquoting it from the shaman book that I told you about last time, of water, I think it's of water and the spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little bit foggy headed today because you know I'm sick, but I think it's called of water and the spirit. Um, and it um, talks about how when they initiated the boy who were, was stolen from the, his African tribe to the Christianaries, who kind of basically whitewashed him of his culture. And he came back to get initiated in his shaman shaman tribe. Um, they said, you're, you're inside is like a dead ghost. You're like a ghost inside because you have not connected to the center. And every person has a center in them that, well, without that, without you that, without this quote unquote, connection, your unique connection to you of the all in all, you know, the all in all wouldn't even be. So that's how divinely important each of uh, our characters are. And I say characters because we are actually the all in all, right? But we're having this limited experience too many lifetimes to get back to it. But when, and the the longing, the upsetness at life is because secretly we kind of know that, you know, it could be better because we have this almost subconscious, that's probably not the right word. This, this awareness that we, we, it could be better <laughs> because it was before we, we fractured apart, um, you know, because we were happy with the fall of man, right, is what we're experiencing right now. And we, we're doing the whole kundalini rising, but it takes a lot long lot, lot of lifetimes, you know, sometimes one lifetime, but sometimes it gets, most of the time it takes like, you know, so many, that I don't even want to say it's depressing. Uh, but that being said, we chose this, you know what I mean? We're always safe. We're gonna go back to what we always were. And go back to home, and go back to bliss, heaven, however you want to, you know, call it, in whatever culture you want to call it. But right now, we have chosen this because this is actually. Um, a unique little river that's going back to the ocean. Like, this is actually a beautiful thing. And the crazy thing is, you don't know it's a beautiful thing until you're about to be connected back to the ocean, you know? And you can see it and you're like, oh, I see it, you know? Like, this this struggle and all the hills and all the things that have cut through, all the boulders, all the, you know, all this stuff, it, um, it's it been just, it's been flowing forever. And it's actually, um, the struggle itself is actually kind of evolutionary. Um, it's only real in, in the limited sense of the self. Um, which is in which, in a way, is kind of an illusion. It's a little gamer playing, like we said, going back to the video games. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. I think I forget. uh Duncan Trussell said one of those funniest things in one of his podcasts. He said, um "You're grinding in World of Warcraft. Like, calm down. You know what I mean?" Like, oh, he it, said that. I like. Yeah, that. he did. He said like that's that. the problem with this, this quote-unquote suffering of man is you're grinding in World of Warcraft. You've gone so immersed in this character that you've been playing for so long that um you don't realize that it is a, in fact a character and it's not your true self right
0: that makes a lot of sense that makes yeah. a whole lot of sense yeah, yeah. It's, it's so easy to just kind of um you know just like get so immersed in it like I, I like how Bill Hicks puts it too you know one of his like uh last stand-ups he says like some people realize that this is just a ride you know, exactly they, They've gone on this so many times they realize it's just a ride and they don't really it's a ride. yeah they don't really attach to it so much i know like in um like mystical traditions really like when i say mystical traditions i just talk about anything that's predates christianity that right. is uh esoteric not exoteric so i just want to throw that out there listeners anybody listening that is wondering why i keep going back to that but if you listen to any much of this podcast you already know what i talk about often on this show so (laughs) anywho um there is there are practices that aim at getting the witch or magician or aspirant more close to death to have a of a a relationship with death energy yes um so that death will not frighten you like there are practices like that you know um Mm -hmm. talk about like some that you're familiar with you know
1: well going back to this book that i've been reading it's my favorite book that i've read in 10 years on uh magic and mysticism because i think that this particular tribe's idea of shamanism is very akin to some of the uh, the, the uh, esoteric magical um traditions and even their initiation i was blown away by what they do they literally call the corners and each corner has a a god deity and corresponding to the the elements that you know we're familiar with, and they even call the light bringer in the south, and it was just tripping me out. And then they're like, "Yeah, in the in the water, in you know, uh, in the west is you know the nurturing life force, and all this stuff." And I was like, "Whoa!" Like they <laughs> they're <were> doing <laughs> the elements and instead of like you know in some traditions you call angels or 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 other god deities they had their own gods that were that basically mirrored the the um the occult uh ones and uh they're going through the some initiations that witches do you know about seeing beyond your sight like uh so he's like supposed to sit underneath the tree and see beyond the tree and he actually fails because he again he was whitewashed and in the western world and so he actually failed and um I won't go, I don't want to give it away to anyone listening. I want you to go uh, read that book because it's the best book that probably was ever written. And, um, cause it's just so well-written too. Uh, but he goes through other trials and tribulations that are basically exactly akin to witchcraft and, um, the, um, the mystical, uh, awareness that we are all one consciousness they talk about. And it's, it's, it's actually quite, um, shocking to me reading this. Cause I'm like, how is this like isolated tribe in Africa um, having the exact same mystical initiations experiences that you know the other mystical um, traditions have had in in the Western world and Eastern world? And I realized, oh yeah, they're all they always were all kind of mirroring each other, and because mm-hmm. um, it is like the, the truth with a capital T. That, you know we're all one consciousness and stuff no. not everyone's ready for it. that's why it's back door although something interesting has happened recently where the doors are open even a lot of mystical traditions that were supposed to be under lock and key are being given freely to the masses you know you got a lot of uh master witches and sorcerers just giving all the keys of the kingdom away to anyone that will have them because i think we are in a shift to uh people being more open to magic in general which is on the rise and meditation and past life and all the Eastern religions are getting more noted too, and mysticism in general, because I think that um, this material world has its own patterns, and we are actually entering into what they've called the age of Aquarius, right, which I think I brushed upon last time, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like a new mode, a new way of being, and so Mm -hmm. I think that we all, we're going to see more of that. It's going to be great. I think there's going to be more and more connection. Now, Take that picture and couple it with it seeming like that's the end of the world. I don't know. It's, it's crazy because I see such beautiful revelations being shown to everybody. And there's also this apocalyptic almost kind of narrative happening throughout the world. So it's quite we live in a very interesting time, even though it's kind of depressing and hard for a lot of people. I think that there's through that pain and suffering, there's going to be some blossoming flowers. And I know that I blossomed more this past year than I have my entire uh, life journey this life for sure. hmm. Sorry for talking
0: too much, but yeah. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, the guest is always allowed to talk more than me. I always <laughs> say that, you know, I don't want to just like only do all the talking, but um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah um, I, I agree with you. There are a lot of challenges and things like that. and um, I think that overall we can use ritual to get acquainted with death to help us become more comfortable with this since we really can't go beyond it that much in that way. Yes. Um. I, I don't know a whole lot about the Taoist traditions, even though I've had a uh, fascination with them for a long time. But they often do talk about becoming immortal. Yes. And getting into the Western esoteric traditions, there are mm-hmm. some. There are also some same some very similar types of points that they touch on as well with that, but they don't really call it immortality though. They call it uh, developing the solar body. Right. Damien Eccles talks about that a little bit, you know, like when you do, yeah. when you do a lot of the ritual work where you're drawing astral energy into your auric field and mm-hmm. cleansing your auric field and like putting all that, like that astral energy, you become like the sun. Right. That when you die, um, part of your, the, the part of your etheric body that starts to unravel the consciousness, that's the spark of consciousness that's left in there. I know this is a lot of people. This is a whole lot. I get it. Stay with me for a little bit. The part of you that is just awareness goes into that solar body. And then you have like more of this, this type of um, you have a new body and you're able to, this is just the idea from what, from what my understanding is this right. new solar body. You can just travel pretty much anywhere, anytime, how you want, you can incarnate when you want, how you want. Yep. There is no like karmic yep. things, no Saturn, Saturn energy controlling you nothing like that it's just your pure desire your pure mind that is controlling everything you know so you so you basically um take over the video game in a sense yeah that appeals to me a lot actually yeah
1: um and yeah, and I do, and I I somewhat agree with that concept. Although, see, I, I'm of the 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 weird kind of thing is like I think I did achieve that when I was a Tibetan monk. That's why I'm able to remember all these past lives. But I still think, and I think actually Damon does say this, that there's still work to be done, even when you have a solar body. Uh I don't think, and I, I'm not sure how much they say you're free of things, but I'm still not free of suffering and I still have uh things that I have to work on. Um uh so it's
0: kind of interesting yeah yeah I know in Tibetan Buddhism they have the the rainbow body you know there you go yeah. very very Thank similar you. concepts you know diamond yeah. body and Dao is a rainbow body in Tibet it's, it's really yeah. um, they'll have their own little kind of ideas of that solar body rainbow body um, yes I don't know if like in Tibet if they actually have a kind of like a like I don't know what value systems they have, associated with that because uh, the idea of llamas are, or a or mm-hmm. Rinpoche's will return to teach the uh, yeah. past teachings on, right? They mm-hmm. pass the Dharma. And so it's like, right? You know, uh, because it's easier to teach from a human body to another human than it is like a rainbow body to a human, you know? So that, that idea is a little bit more, it's a little bit more doable, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just like being like uh, some kind of spirit body somewhere else, you know, like Dr. Manhattan from the watchman you know like who disappears a little bit here and then kind of goes away when he gets tired of humans and comes right back and said you know it's it's kind of difficult to kind of teach from from that kind of mindset i guess though but um i don't know like so do you like what what do you think happens exactly in your in your view what happens after a person dies like what is in rebecca's mind like when a person dies where do they go what happens you
1: know well I uh, you know because I gained my rainbow bar whatever it is and by the way, you can't come back after you get your rainbow body because I come back but um, and it's more complicated than it, it seems. Um, you're still just as real as the other ones so <laughs> don't know how to explain that. but um, you um, you go through the Bardo every time you die right And then if you have your rainbow body or solar body or however you want to call it, your wings you, you just remember it and you can choose you, yeah, we're gonna reincarnate. I, I choose my sister that's why I came in as a twin. I mean, that's cheat mode for sure. You know, Like let's go together. And then my, my parents, I choose and I choose this area and things like that. Oh, this is a very difficult life for me because I actually prefer to be a monk and I prefer to be a spiritual person. But this life, I'm in it, in the thick of it. Um, and, and I struggled a lot to show people the, the way out of certain the, some of the struggles I had, you know. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I kind of see. I went a little too macro off. I was like spinning out. Oh, so basically, when you die, you go. I do believe in the Tibetan framework um, for my memories. Uh, and again, and it might be because when I gained this awareness, right, I was Tibetan, a, a Tibetan monk, right. So that's a disclaimer. It might be unique for a Christian who gets the rainbow body and is starting to come back as a saint, right, and is starting to remember their past lives, which I do think some do, like you know, uh, ter- you know Teresa and um, and Francis some of those saints, I bet they've come back and, um, they probably don't talk about it because the Christians don't understand. So they're not They're gonna probably keep to themselves, but they're going to still help and do their, their stuff, their part. Right. But for me, and so they might have a different experience is what I'm saying, because it is a dream like state when you die from what I've experienced. But I, again, experience it from the Tibetan, uh, viewpoint and I keep doing, I keep having the same Tibetan kind of death dream in the Bardo, um, uh, which, it's kind of interesting because for a long time I thought the 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 bardo and, and that in-between state was somewhere else. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the more mystical I'm growing, because you can still grow even with a rainbow body, I'm realizing, oh, like the void, quote unquote, or the uh, beyond, beyond is actually everywhere. It really is. And um so, because uh, everything's just manif- manifested consciousness. So, when you get to that point, you're like, "Oh, I'm I am here." Still in the part of in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like, just I'm in a more physical, denser um, consciousness manifestation thing. Like, it's kind of hard to even say with words, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, it's dreamlike. it. Uh, you have to depending on your state of death and the state of the code, the soul code that is dying. It's going to have a different uh, manifestation. So, if you were you know, really angry in your life and you had abuse and traumas and you didn't heal, instead you, you you inflicted all of that trauma into everyone around you and you're angry and you're always guarded and paranoid, you're going to have a horrible time when you die because you're going to have nightmares of these, you know, these evil things coming to get you and it's going to be kind of nasty. Um, the goal of a lot of um, Buddhist monks and sages um, and gurus even is to get the um codes, if you will, the soul consciousnesses to transcend because a lot of them are suffering. And so you're like, hey, you don't have to suffer. You don't even have to play this video game if you don't want. If you recognize the white light when you die as you and you fade into that game over. You, you can you can be the all in all. Like literally any any time you die, you can boop, you're you're the all in all. You know. But if you don't recognize that white light as you, which most don't for thousands of lifetimes more, you know, then uh, you can play out some good dreams. That's a lot of people don't realize some of it's good, good dreams. You, you're like, oh, I know about this light. It's something different. It's like a UFO, and you like run from it in, in the Bardo, and you go through different color spectrums and different dreams and different. Um, have you seen the movie Waking Life?
0: Yes. I've seen it many yeah. times. Yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> Perfect example of a Bardo experience, honestly. And I love in the end how he floats off. You know, I feel she like was about to get reincarnated, re-uploaded, right? <laughs> um, so it's kind of like that. Um, and sometimes you do kind of get scared of some kind of... Uh, some kind of demon that you create, you know, and you don't realize it's you and it's kind of kind of coming to get you. And so you have this pressure and, and the sense of I want to manifest and, you know, that pushes you into um, being birthed um, again. And most of the time you are wiped clean, you know, unless you've developed, you know, the solar body, rainbow body, whatever you wanna call it, you're gonna, all your stuff's gonna get wiped. Although they don't talk about this and I wish they would. I do think people have um, their older codes don't get wiped good enough. Like they had so much data that some accidentally gets like hankered in there. That's why some will remember a past life for like hundreds of years ago. And they're like, wow, I remember being sheep herder. That's weird because there's a little bit of glitch in the matrix and some of that kind of gets in there. I think, thank goodness for that. Because a lot of people, you know, can have that vague little memory. And they're like, well, maybe, you know, it is true. And, you know, these mystics aren't crazy, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that reminds me, um, there's two things that you just, you like, what you explained re- reminded me of uh, reminded me of the movie cloud atlas
1: yes yes
0: <laughs> a yeah. little bit and then um what is his name brian weiss the many lives many masters author he was a basically he was a doctor or he is a doctor like an actual uh psychologist and you haven't read that book
1: i don't think so no uh, it, it, many it lives many masters i think i've heard of it but i just yeah, haven't
0: it's pretty famous it's a good book i read it i read it like I read it like many years ago, but it's basically a book about uh, Brian Weiss. He talks, he tells a story of when he became a psychologist. Mm -hmm. He started, I guess in school, he learned hypnosis. That was like a part of his training, but like Mo, he explained that most psychologists don't even use hypnosis. It was just something that was a part of their training. And he was helping a very traumatized woman. And he started this, he was like, you know, I'm just going to use hypnosis and try it out. He tried it out. And every time he did it, every single time she would go back to a memory of another life and he would record it. And then he was like, why does she keep doing that? She keeps talking about like ancient Egypt or ancient Greece or something all these other times that I don't, you know, I wasn't trained to know anything about this. And it's, it's, um, I don't know how many sessions, but after so many sessions, uh, he saw that he had a connection with her somehow. Oh, wow.
1: Uh, yeah. Like the past, was, like, you remembered it? Yeah. Or,
0: oh. uh No, he didn't remember it, but she, she did. did like she would. Yeah. And, but he became more of a believer. He had to say that term, but he ended up like buying it and uh, getting, gaining more understanding of the process and the cycle because another phenomenon came through these sessions. And that was that she was unconsciously channeling something as well because she would go under and start talking and describing you know religious rites in ancient Egypt or what the streets look like in ancient Greece or something like that Mm -hmm. but then these other beings I don't know what they were and I don't really recall so long ago I don't really recall like what they were referred to in the book but Mm -hmm. they would come through and they were they would act as teachers and and speak some kind of wisdom and then he would understand it you know so because he made a sequel book called like messages from the teachers or something like that. I don't recall the sequel title, but yeah, anyway, in short, um, yeah, he's a, you know, a a doctor, a psych doctor who conducted, you know, experiments with hypnosis and found out about past lives and ascended master kind of people talking and it's, it was pretty cool stuff
1: that's wonderful you know and for the longest time i thought that ascended masters was a little bit hooey you know like some of the people i believed in the ascended masters were like my ascended masters this person And i was like it's all the same person huh yeah and i used to think it was a little hooey until um until i started like kind of channeling some stuff myself i won't get too into it because that's a whole other story but yeah i kind of do think that there is spiritual masters and teachers and some of them are very well known like jesus and buddha and things you know um, and then some are less well-known. And those are the ones that where it gets complicated where people start assuming they're, you know, angels or demons or, you know, ghosts or something. But, you know, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to learn in the spirit world. And there's a big disconnect um, in the Western culture oh, between Stand the spirit, sorry, Alexa, minutes. stop. Sorry, what's my um, <laughs> <laughs> Alexa. going. Um, Alexa. But yeah, there's a disconnect between the spirit world here, unfortunately, uh, so much so that it's, looked at as um you know insanity even the point where people who have who they themselves have rainbow bodies think oh that's probably a little hooey all these masters like I really thought that just because our the culture I was born in was so anti-spiritual stuff you know I was like senate masters that's crazy
0: yeah there was a, a a buddy of mine lived in Boulder Colorado like about 10 years ago and he was doing some work with this woman she was a client of his and she has like she had all these rabbits and uh, all her rabbit cages had pictures of Ascended Masters on them. And she swore up and down that they were incarnate Ascended Masters. I heard bunnies were actually these master teachers that chose bunny bodies. And when she really believed it and he told me that I was like, Oh man, I don't want to judge anybody, but that just sounds kind of loony. You know, like why would it? Why would an all-wise, ascended master is completed however many incarnations and taught millions of people or whatever just want to be? I mean, you know, I love rabbits. I have I have two rabbits outside right now. You know I me. Mean? I love bunnies. Yeah. But like, not the judge her, but it just sounded, it sounded. I
1: have an idea about that. Actually, That's I think that. that the spirits and the higher consciousness units actually will use things in our environment that makes more sense to us. So for them to say, hey, I'm in the bunny, you know, you can trust me. I'm a physical thing. Maybe she listened to them more that way. Right. Versus if they just were in her head, like, hey, I don't have a body or anything, but this is what you should be doing. You know, and she'd be like, oh, this is a voice in my head. I must be crazy. But maybe to her specifically, it being in a body, even though maybe it's a story, really they're telling her, she actually would listen and um, connect more, you know? like the burning bush, like, you know, it might not actually be a burning bush. It might be a manifestation of something that is appearing physical to a person. So they'll listen and notice.
0: Or maybe she just loved her rabbits so much and connected with Ascended Masters. She just like associated with them, with the, with the Ascended Masters, like going, you know, snowflake, I love you so much snowflake. (laughs) You're going to be Yogananda because you remind me of Yogananda just as you know you're just a white little black. oh
1: yeah it totally could be <laughs> I absolutely i project my love onto lots of inanimate objects all the time and let's not forget the whole universe is within right so it's yeah, uh, yeah. very this is easy true. to compartmentalize infinity inside ourselves and 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 fracture that even beyond in ourselves and things around us for sure
0: yeah. right and like um the you know when you said the bernie bush i mean sometimes sometimes i think like like prophets actually just had I don't I, man, sometimes I just say deep psychedelic experiences like you know the uh for Moses let's say if Moses really was a true story whether it is or not um just for just for experimentation purposes let's say Moses really walked the earth and he saw the burning bush maybe the bush wasn't actually burning but it was just like light appearing to him which was coming from his awareness his consciousness you know, manifesting as light on that bush, you know, so it wasn't burning, it was just like blazing light that he saw. And that could have been his holy guardian angel, it could have been, you know, um, the universe manifesting as God, quote, unquote, you know, speaking to him like that. I don't know, sometimes I want to read about these uh, ancient accounts, like that's what it kind of turns out to me, you know, Um Padmas and Baba with, uh, you know, Tibetan Book of the Dead. I mean, the whole Bardo experience and what a lot of people forget about him is that a lot of things that he said came true mm-hmm. you know, from like over a thousand years ago. You know, he said something about iron birds flying from one part of the world to the other part of the world. You know, he was talking about airplanes, obviously, <laughs> or people will be able to, you know, like know what's going on in the world through like square crystal boxes. He might have been talking about television or computers. I don't know. Maybe. but but his experience of the bardo like uh i don't know like let me know if you agree with me or what you think it was but Mm -hmm. i kind of think he had some sort of deep psychedelic experience and was able to because you know when you take psych i mean i don't i don't know if he actually took psychedelics maybe he didn't Mm -hmm. maybe he did but um for an example if people do take plant medicine per se psychedelics Mm -hmm. you know Right. You can have these experiences that take you beyond life, giving you a glimpse of what happens before you're born and after you die. Like, that's a fact. Millions of people in history have had this experience. You know, they they take plant medicine, ayahuasca, San Pedro, DMT, something mm-hmm. like that, and then they go out of their body, their awareness goes into some other frequency, and they're mm-hmm. able to perceive life way differently than is you know this is completely different from taking like a pharmaceutical or something, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually think that (laughs) almost the opposite is true. It's like we're having a trip right now of this material limited self. And when you take these psychedelics, it's giving you the keys to the kingdom, which is actually the true nature of reality. Um uh you know and and what I mean by true nature reality it's like there's there's higher and higher and higher truth. So it's giving you keys up higher to see a more macro View of things, that's why people are like, I'm dead, I'm infinite, and whoa, you know, it's like it's it's taking away some of the veils of illusion that this material world has put upon you. So the real trip is thinking that you're this limited material person unit, you know, that's <laughs> walking around talking. That's the real trip. That's what's funny to me, I think.
0: So you're saying that <laughs> um, life is like a second to look experience? Oh like, yeah. This like is, this is, yeah, this this is
1: we're really far out now. I mean, <laughs> we think we're having a conversation, you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, we're having a dream of having a conversation. Kind there you of, go.
1: Right. right.
0: That, is a, yeah, that doesn't sound too far off to me, like where, where my awareness is fixed in the moment, you know, like in this life or this time or whatever. I don't know, like you, you ever have any of those, like, those weird moments, though, where like um, you reflect back on your life somewhere in the past, this particular life in the past, and you just go like, how did I even get here? Like and it's not like how you got here in terms of like experiences. Like here's the here's the example. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of insights when I take showers. I, I don't know why. Took a shower like last week, and well, water
1: every- spiritual, just a little side water spiritual. That's why. I- absolutely, absolutely. You know,
0: uh, I'm a Pisces <laughs> as well. But sometime last oh, yeah. week I was taking a shower, and I just had the had these thoughts about me being in second grade, you know, and um, being like a little kid, and it just seemed like it seemed like such a distant memory. And I don't mean distant as a million years ago or so many years ago, it wasn't, it wasn't distant. It didn't feel distant in time. It just felt like it wasn't real. It almost felt like those experiences didn't happen. Yeah, Like there wasn't really a little me sitting in a classroom at a tiny desk, listening to my teacher, Mrs. Wolf, tell me about the Native Americans. It it seemed like it just didn't happen. I knew it happened in my memory. And I remember being there. I remember drawing on my ditto sheet. I remember all those things, but like, it just seemed, it didn't seem real. It seemed like it was a dream. And it made me me think that this one life thus far has been just a a succession of dreams up until now, you know? And Mm -hmm. when I practice, um, you know, like magic and doing things like that and bringing astral energy into this body, uh, what it's doing is it's crystallizing my awareness to seeing to seeing and engaging beyond this body and beyond these limitations that's what i feel like it's like magic has been teaching me per se ritual i I, I, sometimes i just say ritual sometimes i say magic we talk about magic a lot on the far side at midnight so throwing the throwing back out there but um
1: I do magic too, yeah. just full disclaimer, yeah.
0: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But don't you, yeah. but have you ever found yourself, I'm sure you have like getting those kind of thoughts though, like looking back at the past and just going, they don't even seem like they happened. You know, like they, it seems like it was a dream, like what happened at this age or this time in my life, you know?
1: Well, well it is. So you're just having a deeper awareness that um, all past is a fiction, all future is a fiction. The only thing that actually is ever real is the present moment. And growing that consciousness um, can ring some bells, you know, like for instance, you know how you said, I think you said something like, uh, you know, in the past, like, when did it start? And, you know, when I remembered my past life stuff, I would always have my markers being the Tibetan monk. And then I realized, well, I must have lived before that and I can't remember it, but I must have. And then when I was meditating one day, I just started laughing and I realized what, like, there was no start, you stupid Mm-hmm. And i just started laughing because it was like it has it has to come into spiritual awareness when you're when you're feeling it like when you're feeling the snaking the tail you're feeling an in infinite like you feel it this echo of everything always you know
0: <laughs> you said like, like so you said like there's no start meaning like there's no first incarnation there
1: was never a okay. start there was never and, and, and that's where it gets real trippy is um, there's infinite infinities and we are playing out our infinite infinity. And maybe I shouldn't say it because that's actually less fun. In fact, I had a mystical uh, character one up tell telling me to dream. I said, I want to know everything. And he says, no, you don't, Rebecca. And then he got real weird and his eyes turned purple. And he said, the beauty and in the mystery. And I remember thinking, OK, I'm laying I'm my hands off this. And so for a while, I didn't even practice witchcraft because after that dream, I was like, maybe I don't want to know, you know but eventually you do come back naturally it just always happens however it's supposed to happen it's going to happen
0: who'd want to know <laughs> everything though really if you really think about it like what what would that even give you <laughs> just like
1: oh i know i know yeah you know, like, like uh, it'd be a sum of facts or something it'd be a sum of uh, you know just things uh stories really and then you would then yeah. you would cease to be existing right you would be the all in all which is actually just like a this um energy field of totality which is is like everything all at once and that's what we really are and that's what i mean when you meditate you can kind of tap into it and it's weird because i'm tapping to it from knowing that that is me and knowing that that is the realness but also coming back to the limited self character and not knowing it all so it's kind of interesting how that those little magical doorways happen like that um but uh that's what i'll say to people meditate 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 because eventually you'll find a little hidden door and it will really ring true for you
0: like yeah, yeah. You know, meditation is very powerful
1: but you can even feel it i i felt something similar to that before i had the complete aha of in, in feeling in, mm-hmm. infinite you know i had that feeling of lightness of being they say of being like light and like feeling connected to everything around me and having a certain consciousness awareness like witchy stuff knowing things but there there is a point where that all kind of breaks down it's like a story and it's this just this energy <laughs> Um, awareness. Uh, and you do feel like, haha, this was a joke, you know, like, we've always been here. It's always been happening,
0: you know, so like, what are what do you think we really are? I, I love asking people this question, like, what do you like? What are we? When people say consciousness? consciousness yeah, what it because I, I love to ask that question, because there's a lot to that simple to that simple question, because we're used to wearing a mask. And Mm -hmm. one thing that, uh, if I can say this personally, one thing that's been making itself known to me more and more as I've gotten older, and I don't don't think it's age, I think it's just, I think it's just like me questioning and learning, you know, so I've been like a learning experience is that almost everything that we do in society requires us to be inauthentic. Yeah. Like that Facebook post. put you know, for any, for all of you who are not friends with me on Facebook, it's okay. But I posted last week, something, uh, I'm only, I'm going to paraphrase my own quote, I put something like, um, like, oh, yeah, something like society has conditioned us to be inauthentic and to wear a mask, something like that, you know, because everything that we do, like, out there, you know, when we make transactions, and we do these material things, we're really just, Acting as something else, we're not really being who we really are <laughs> necessarily, you know.
1: Well, um, see, I have like really weird ways of seeing that. I understand I understand where you're f- coming from because sometimes there you have to be inauthentic or you appear crazy, especially if you are extremely spiritual, you're like whoa, you know, it's like a constant trip. You can't go around life like that, right? Like whoa, yeah, I knew, dude, you know, you can't like do that sometimes i do though i don't recommend it because people look at you like whoa but um yeah, uh, it
0: would be free, it would means, be quite difficult just a
1: story though so it's okay you know it's okay we're playing these characters oh as soon as we get really involved in the, the narrative but that's okay because that's what we're here to do is like play these characters right we chose this storyline we chose the sims you know so you know what i mean it's okay
0: yeah, I'm trying to find my quote. I totally agree. Oh, here it is. Society's morality was designed for us to wear masks and to be in a constant state of pretending. That's what I put. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't mean it like a bad way. I just meant like it's it's something to be aware of, to be aware that we're not really being our true authentic self, which our true authentic self is very spontaneous. It's very yes. like uh, it flowing from, the, from moment to moment yeah uh, adapting naturally adapting to whatever conditions are there right um, personally i used to see humanity as or you know me or the person i used to think i was or whatever you would call it as mm-hmm. it has a set limitations to it you know mm-hmm. so like you get turned on by these things you get turned off by these by these things whatever that may be you know you may like chocolate ice cream you may hate it whatever you know, um, it's just a it's a part of that experience of being a human being. Nice. But, but when you interact with other monads, other beings, you know, you, you that there's this um, idea of let's put on another costume. And again, mm-hmm. going going back to that RPG analogy we were talking about earlier, you know, imagine playing a an open world video game like MMO RPG game. Imagine playing World of Warcraft or some kind of or ESO or some kind of large, massive video game. And when you meet people in that game, you're already, a, you're already playing an avatar already. And they and everyone in the game knows that that's not you. Everyone playing in a game, they may play along with the game aspect, but every, every single person in the game that's playing it, they're pretty much awake to the fact that they're playing a game. How many people play the game, and maybe there's some people out there that, that do this, but how many people are playing the game and really thinking that they are the character in World of Warcraft? I don't know, maybe there's a few people no. that have done that, but for the most part, from my experience, I've never played WoW, but I've played other MMO games. Uh, everybody knows that they're playing a game, so they will play along with the character that that you are pretending to be. But in this RPG game, in this particular life, you know, you pay for gas at 7-Eleven. That person in there thinks that they're that person working behind the cash register. They don't fucking think of themselves as some kind of conscious being having an experience of a person wearing a blue shirt, hitting buttons on a keyboard. They think that they really are that person. none of almost 10 out of 10 times that's that's the case. Yes. I mean so I don't know. It's just something that very
1: few of... jokers in the pack. That's why I used to say I'm a joker in the pack. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, yeah. the Joker's the wild card, right? It's the one that is awake and aware, maybe you know. But you know, when I was a little kid, I actually was wondering stuff like that. Like, what if everybody is in on it? Like the Truman Show. I used to think weird, weird paranoid thoughts like that because I didn't, because I knew something was up even as a little kid, but I didn't know exactly what it was until I got my my uh, past life downloads and all that. I, uh, my brain wasn't big enough to get him, I guess, but yeah, at that point I didn't, I was like, what is reality? You know, I think about it constantly. Like maybe everybody's like in on it, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I knew it was, there's something not quite right from the get-go because I've done it too many times, you know, I was like, oh, it's this, this dream again. What's going on? You know, where, where's the, where's the pin door?
0: So you had, so you had like a feeling of this already being kind of a game. Yeah. A okay. I, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind kind of wonder about stuff.
1: that. Like, yeah. Ha! Like that, I'd say like that, where I try to change fate because I knew I was locked in. I was like, <laughs> do really weird stuff like that. Yeah, really.
0: You've always um, had that. You've always had an awareness like that, or just uh
1: uh-huh. It comes with having a solar body, rainbow body, whatever. You you know that you are um that the that you're playing a character, and that paranoia is is kind of a a tough burden to bear because no one else, everyone thinks you're a little crazy when you try to talk about it. Like I try to t- tell my twin that she doesn't have past life memory. Although she believes it because I've always been, um, uh, I always bring it up to her. Like, oh yeah, like she was a hell of past lives. I've talked about past lives. Oops.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my mom's going to
1: have to end, end that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, uh, but eventually she did believe uh, as a kid, she's like, this is weird. But I, I said, even as a kid about our, some of her past lives, I remembered, I remembered the past life when I was with her. Because she was there, so it was very close to me. Like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was a dude and you were a girl, you know? And I even remember like us being like, it being kind of like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like a different life, we'll put it that way, a different life 100 years ago where we were romantic, you know? And I got confused a little bit and I was like, you ain't kissed like we did used to. And she was like, this is weird. I was like, oh, sorry, I forgot I was this new person, Rebecca Newbolt, you know? So it gets really weird. Um, so my sister believes just because uh, my whole life I've confided in her and I didn't confide in a lot of people for a while because I didn't want it to be thought as crazy. Uh, but but it's just like the back of my hand, like drinking water, it's part of who I am. So much so that Jenny believes because also I don't see stuff that isn't there, you know. It's not like I'm schizophrenic and I'm like, oh I'm magic fracking, oh. You know, I'm like a normal person for the most part, you know, a little wacky a little more authentic, like you said earlier, because the more um the more of uh yourself you're tapped into the more authentic you will be because you know you're safe because you know everyone's really you and you're like I can be authentic because you're me. Like come on get get in here, you know let's give let's give ourselves a hug. It's okay.
0: Well how do we how do we go in your in your opinion? Like how do we Mm -hmm. go beyond death? Like I don't mean stop yourself from dying but how do we how do we stop ourselves from not just fearing death, but for how do we? Be, how does one become in full realization that they don't really die? And how do we take that next step, that next leap of us that like recognizes ourselves as immortal beings? Like, is it like a magic formula that you that you stand by with it? Is there a psychological formula, or is it like a combination of the two that work for you, or that can work, mm-hmm. or? Is there something that you know about that maybe you haven't tried yet? Thing like that? Or
1: I would say all of the above. Okay. So, for instance, you're on the path probably of high magic awareness. And um, I feel like because the keys are out in the open, like anyone can self initiate themselves and go through the process even alone. Um, and so um, it just takes dedication, you know, like being a Tibet- Tibetan monk and, and having that realization of true self was me dedicating my whole life to that pursuit. Than getting it, but even after your work isn't done. I, I'm I have a, I signed up for a spiritual teacher, so it's not just I, I know that I'm the light and become the light. I'm actually here to help people. Although again, I'm in training, so it's I almost don't like saying it because people are like, oh, so you're a master. So tell me what to do. I'm like, ah, I'm not not yet. I'm like in training. You know what I mean? Like I know what's up and I'm tapped into it, but it takes a long time. Like the Buddha said, like three universes to get to where, where he knew he knew what was going on and being able to transmit that knowledge. So. Uh, first part is like find a a spiritual mystical path that isn't all inclusive to all other paths that's how you know it's real because it's like the mystics always say like yeah everything's cool you know what i mean uh so that's how you know that you found the right back door for one even if it's in christianity you know there's different magical christians that that do the high magic and um you can find that door through that or you know and you know, Kabbalists, you know, in the Judeo-Judeo um, sector, and then um, shamans, you know, in Africa, they have the shamanistic tribe, and and I'm sure in South America, they've had other um, shamanistic uh, initiations and things like that that they do with the plants and awarenesses, but to train as a shaman, for instance, takes a long time, and they don't give that knowledge to the Westerners, but I'm sure they have the similar kind of thing, um, but I think that because we're in the Western world, um, I think that, yeah, I think that uh, like Damon Eccles says, like these symbols are, are easier for us to understand in the magical symbols because it is Westernized. So I think that that that's the right way to go if you're in the West. Although that being said, if you're really an old, old code, you know, like um, I tapped in the Eastern way. Although I do the Western way too through magic. I do a lot of things, um, but I think the Eastern way is a really good way too, especially if you want it to be done fast. Like Hinduism's fast, high magic's fast uh if you want to be a buddhist it might take a long time (laughs) you know that i took the long path that's why i'm so wacky but originally (laughs) you know yeah but now when i train myself to become aware um again um you always go back into the dream a little bit even with the solar body i mean this is some really thick veils and illusions we got here and even if you are aware that it's off you have to remember where you put the key to the car every time that's a lot of people don't realize you don't just I mean, not that they don't, because if you've been doing it a long time, uh, you know, the Dalai Lama and all the little dudes that are like been here forever and ever, they know the key because the key is like literally just emanating within them. Right. But if you're a new spiritual master um, in training, um, you might forget who you are for a bit. But, you know, when you you know, you're like, I remember past lives a little bit. And I, re- I know this is not true. How did I get? How do I remember? I don't remember. Then eventually you kind of are shown the way and uh, the way is going to be unique for everybody um but i would suggest yeah like i just mentioned so a lot of the eastern traditions have paths and magic and shamanism whatever speaks to you
0: you know okay did I, answer well, a question?
1: did I forget something
0: nope nope i think you answered the question i just wanted to kind of like throw that out there you know because yeah since, you know
1: that you shall find is in tons of spiritual cultures i actually made a youtube video i haven't uploaded yet um but almost in every spiritual tradition mm-hmm. the the um if you seek, you're going to find something. Something will be known to you. So uh, I always say, hey, if you are curious about this kind of stuff, and if it's sparking something within you, start absorbing all the spiritual knowledge. You know, that's part of the, the journey of it. It's, a, it's like a, a scavenger hunt. It's beautiful. There's something beautiful about this searching itself. That's what we're here for. We're actually not here for the discovery. You know, the discovery is who we are. Always been. Always. Always sorry i'm a little crazy but yeah so you know what i mean does that that translate
0: we've always been yeah always (laughs) always
1: always always yeah this this moment infinite infinite infinite
0: (laughs) i like that i like that you keep bringing that up though that's a very important point to know that you know even though moments come and go moments come and go all the time there's something that's kind of like an eternity and and the phenomenon of that's us that's awareness that's here Yes. You know, like it's just always here, it's something that you like, just is always here, there's always something going on, yeah. which is kind of cool. I know yeah. that that could be kind of scary to some people because a lot of people just don't like talking about death. I mean, death looks kind of you know scary, like you know, the uh, Grim Reaper and dressed in all black and you know, carrying a uh, what is it, a Scythe Sith? I don't know, yes. I yeah, yeah. Else it, you know but
1: it's those <laughs> dark images it's spooky yeah. it's scary but you know it's tied into the one constant if you really think about it death mm-hmm. is changed. Right. It's the one yeah. constant. Everything we're seeing is dying and changing. Like at, is the number one constant, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to steady themselves, steady themselves in consciousness because that's always yeah. with you, ain't it, buddy? you know what I mean? And so you'd think that people would kind of think about that. Like that, what, what is always here? It's like this awareness. So let's like dive deep into that and then grow roots. And then when things are changing, it's not so scary. Yeah, we're I
0: just don't just think, think that pressure. I don't think that death to me personally, I don't think that death is uh scary, it's just um, what's all? What I've always struggled with personally, that I'm admitting, is um, like how people, how people die, like the pain. Oh, yeah. If there's pain involved or something tragic, you know, you hear about like a maybe like a a shooting, a school shooting or something like that, and like it just sounds really those kind of things. Like the events of the event of death sometimes can sound um, quite negative.
1: Oh, yeah. um
0: But like for the person, it's not. It's just, it doesn't seem that bad. It's like well, you know, they're they're not like. You know, how long are you going to bleed from a bullet wound? I hate to say that, but, you know, only for so long. You know what I mean? It's just like.
1: All suffering ends. That's a cool thing. Yeah. It's going to end. Yeah, it comes. It
0: comes and goes. Like I was listening to. um, Here's another reference for um, your listening pleasure. Uh, A YouTube channel called Shaman Oaks. I don't know if you've heard of that channel before. It's a pretty interesting channel. Like he's evolved over the past few years, but it's basically a guy. He's talk about. Uh, he, he, he used to talk a lot about psychedelics, but recently he's been having guests on his show talk about NDEs their their near death experiences, and like they're all basically the same near death experience, but just different scenarios, um, slightly different experiences. Obviously, you know, but they all involve lights they all involve um, the feeling of warmth or limit, like limitlessness. They all involve um, choice. They all involve consciousness. They all involve love. They all have those things involved. They're a little different. Some of them might see a deity. Some of them see like a small light. Some of them see a large light. You know, they're all kind of like somewhere around that. But they all talk about like, yeah, you know, one guy was talking about Ice climbing with his buddy, and he got stuck because the altitude was so high, and his body froze and shut down. And then he had this near death experience. And he's a being beyond. He's like it was way better than than this. <laughs> like now he's like not to compare it, but it was definitely infinitely more beautiful than this.
1: Oh you yeah. Know,
0: which may raise the question to some people: Well, if that's so much better, then why do we why be born and all? But in my mind, I don't think of it like that so much as I just think like well. You know, I play video games and sometimes video games have very scary monsters you're fighting. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yes. You know makes it
1: more real. For one, when when you when you think that something is like, you know, gonna hurt you or destroy you, it makes it almost more real.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or, Layered. It's kind of fun with those, you know, if are
1: yes, like in
0: Souls are Skyrim. War, so.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Anybody who's played Skyrim yeah. and you're fighting like Daedra, it just seems pretty cool to like to fight this yeah. big monster that's going to like, that can, that's going to kick your ass. And then the adrenaline's kicking in. And then it's the challenge factor. And then when you overcome yes. it's like, oh, uh, now I got the artifact. I won. Yes. You know? and, and life has these same things, you know, they have yes. these, the hero's journey. People. Yeah. yeah totally. And it's like, why not? you know, we may come from a beautiful ocean of light, if you will,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you yeah, know, for anybody who thinks that idea or whatever, but, um, and then we're in this world that has many different choices and many different things. And some things look beautiful and some things look scary. And mm-hmm. it seems like hell sometimes it seems like heaven sometimes, you know, it's like kind of like a big, like cosmic soup going on here you know and like the why? duality
1: world <laughs> very dual yeah very
0: dualistic you know and some people yeah. like well why choose this why come to it like this shithole that's what my buddy said my, my friend who hates life is like why come to this shithole i'm like well because you like it
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is what one of my friends asked me that and i said to be, to be honest with you i forgot
0: you forgot <laughs> I that's forgot I
1: took this. I don't remember. Honestly, that's one thing I don't remember. I don't remember why I, I decided to do it, but I know that I did. And so that that gives me a sense of empowerment and there must be, you know, the reason, and it might be just to experience what this would be like, you know, like people say, this is a horrible shithole. Well, what if you hit delete on every you and everything you ever knew, all your family, all the love that's there, you really going to hit delete buddy?
0: You're going to erase that's a it really from good, infinity. Yeah. That's a pretty profound question. You're going to erase it
1: from infinity that you're never going to play that role ever ever it doesn't exist anymore now honestly some people would say yes but only because that's their one horrible maybe really bad life and maybe there's other ones that they haven't seen that it's attached to that mm-hmm. that's karmic roots that are really beautiful where they have the most awesome time you know yeah so that's the way that's where i kind of see it i like that like imagine it
0: that's pretty cool so i want to kind of um wrap it up with uh one more point so you know. We talked about how to kind of go beyond death, how to make like more of a relationship with death. Is there anything else you can recommend listeners uh, spiritually to try out, to research any references or anything, anything like that?
1: To to reference connection to, to death?
0: To, to like uh, how to make a better relationship with death and like lessen the fear of it, lessen the ugliness of it.
1: Hmm. Uh, Well, you know, (laughs) some of the things I'd recommend might be considered cultural appropriation. So it's kind of on a podcast, I have to take pause because you don't want to recommend things that could be infringing on someone's culture. So instead of saying have a, a Day of the Dead, you know, shrine, I would say, why don't you get a picture of your dead loved one and connect with it in the way that you feel connect to it once you talk to Mm -hmm. your dead loved one there's meditations for instance on youtube where you can say meditation to talk to a past loved one that was actually one of my favorite ways to connect with my my dead friend i played that and you do visualizations to connect to your dead loved one and i talked to them said everything that i wanted to say and by the end i was weeping like a baby i felt spiritually connected to them and um it was gorgeous uh some of the traditional ways even works too people stop doing them going to a cemetery if you have a marker for your loved ones put flowers on there but why don't you have a picnic with them why don't you actually pretend that you are actually hanging out with them and celebrating them you know there's mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to to do that um unfortunately in the western world there isn't that many cultural traditions so that's where it gets a little little dicey to recommend certain other things um but you can research them. I'd say you know if you're curious, research them. You know, especially if it's part of your culture. You know, if you're if you're if you're a Mexican American, maybe research Day of the Dead and, and those uh, ceremonies and traditions. If you are, uh, you know, if you don't have cultural ties to something that represents that, create something. I I would say I would say find meditations that connect to um, dead loved ones where you could speak to them, uh, and if you can. <laughs> If you have a dead loved one that is dying, you don't have to call the police or the the medical people right away. You could actually spend time with your dead loved one. There is no rules against that. A lot of people don't realize you're not going to get in trouble if you spend like a day. I wouldn't wait more than a day because, you know, decay and weird things. But you you might want to even wait just a few hours, you know, before you make that call and spend time holding their hand and looking at them if they are in your home. Or ask the facility that is is has them. Can I spend a little more time? They probably will say no, but sometimes they will allow some more time. So you might want to think about ways to to grieve with the body, uh, although it freaks people out. But I say, hey, you know what? I think that confronting it is a is head on. <laughs> it's the way to do it. Personally, mm-hmm.
0: thank you for that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really good advice. Um, I know it's <clears throat> it's really good advice. I know that it's not easy to deal with. Uh, death is still something that most people struggle with on some level because it just looks horrifying it doesn't you know um we think of like the newborn the newborn baby and life and spring is just it is a you know we look at it as a miracle and we have more of an acceptance of that and we look at death as being just like fuck that dude let's go this, let's, let's not even work you know let's not even go there so we spend like our whole life kind of finding ways to avoid it Mm-hmm. unless you're like me and like watching scary movies and stuff like that where people are dying all the time you know <laughs> <laughs> they're just like oh man you know um anyway um in closing i could just say thank you for being on rebecca it's always a treat having you on here and glad that you're feeling better you look well you don't thank look you. ill
1: <laughs> nope i'm healing quite well it's a supplement's I yeah. also want to say one thing that a friend told me to, you know, it was my closing quote, because I think it was pretty profound. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, if no one died, no one would live, you know, <laughs> and I was like, thought about that for a while. So that's true. Death wakes, death makes way for life. So they're, 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 they're interconnected. They're married. So.
0: Let's I don't even like to the call it death to be honest. I just, I like to yeah. call it. I hard I hardly ever refer to it as, I mean, I, for sake of, um, you know, recording purposes i've been saying death the whole time but i really just i often just call it change or like you yeah. know i say trans transmission i say transfer yeah. i say
1: transformation I, a difference, yeah difference.
0: I, I have a lot of different words i use you know crossover i say all kinds of different things mm-hmm. uh, i don't say anybody dies people may yeah. be like yeah but so and so died it's like no they just they're just they're just somewhere else right now it's having a different experience and different yeah is going on you know we look at it as death death means finish it just means done like something is done so there's partial correctness in that i think you know like something is completely finished you know the game is done with that particular avatar it's finished you know it will never be played again but really you
1: hear about that that's a different topic that's (laughs) a different
0: topic but i mean i mean that particular character is not in that particular form is not
1: sequence, in this yeah sequence,
0: yeah, and that, yeah it's the gonna continue, the game will continue to be played the yes the player will continue but that particular avatar that experience that that makeup that dress up it's it's gone but yeah not gone, it's finished you know like so and the way death is like that i see it but in mm-hmm. truth uh, you know no one ever dies like no one nope. really dies nope what is that? Uh, that old band that Pharrell had, um, Nerd. You know, no one ever really dies. It's like an acronym. I kind of like that. It's like that's
1: I do. Strange. I like that.
0: Yeah, no one ever really dies. It's like you don't. You just keep going. Life keeps going. Just cycles yeah. and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, where can we find you, Rebecca, on social media and whatnot? If people want to get in t- contact with you.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So they can message me um, on my Facebook, I guess. I'm Rebecca Newbold. R-E-B-E-K-A. Last name Newbold. N-E-W-B-O-L-D. You can uh, write Rebecca Newbold at hotmail.com, or you can uh, go to my YouTube's if you're interested and. Um, hearing me rant and rave more about my past lives and, and meditations. I've, I create, I, because of this lockdown quarantine, I recorded a lot of new material. So I'm about to flood my YouTube. I'm having a friend edit it because uh, I talk a lot if you can't tell. So I'm trying to have my friend edit it and, and create a more cohesive storyline. It's more digestible. So, uh, But I do have some stuff up on my YouTube channel. It's by my name, Rebecca Newbold. And I also have a secret Facebook mystical group that you know, you're know you a part of that if somebody was so inclined uh, and they sent me a friend request I'll, I'll, and wants to be added to it, I can add you to the fold.
0: <laughs> and what is the name of the group? I know the name of a group. Of uh,
1: Vanta Coven. So Vanta it Coven. comes from another group I created called Vanna Black, which was like, you know, about like kind of dark and funny humor and memes. And then I uh, wanted to create a spiritual group. And so I just took Vanta and said Vanta
0: Coven. <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty fun group. I always, I'm always entertained by the post on there and the things that you post.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: And as for myself, everybody, you know, me already, Roderick Z, R-O-D-R-I-C-K uh, Z or Z if you're in Canada at protonmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest on this podcast, uh, let me know your story, you know, things like that. If you wrote a book and you want to be on here, hit me up. Um, I'm also on Facebook a little bit too. So under, under a different name, but I'm going to give the name of my group, Lords of Chaos. And I'm also in Van- Vance of Coven. So <laughs> anyway. And I'm in
1: your group as well. And that's a really great uh you are in group. are my
0: group. That's right. Thank you.
1: Yep. They're really good.
0: <laughs> thanks. So uh, yeah, thanks for being on and everybody else. I will see you next time. Stay well, stay healthy, happy summoning if you're summoning spirits of some sort. Be safe about it and uh, remember no one ever really dies.